You know how sometimes you can see a pool and it looks so inviting, but there's that fear. Oh my gosh, it might be really cold. And so you try to stick your toe in it, and, but it still feels cold. And then sometimes you'll try to like ease yourself in. And, but then there are other times that you're like, okay, I'm just going to jump in. That's when you actually take what you're about to do seriously. And I think that there have, a lot of been, there have been a lot of people who kind of have been humming and hawing and just kind of wanting to kind of ease into something, but they just didn't want to dive right in. Well, tonight we have Pastor Derek Gates, who is from The Way in KC in Kansas City, and he has such an awesome testimony. He has really been, <laughs> he's been um, using a cane for quite a long time, and the, immo- the immobility, I guess, has been just so difficult. And he just decided, I'm getting rid of the cane and I'm taking back everything the enemy has stolen from me. So we are going to talk about, I don't need no stinking cane, right, Pastor Derek? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So welcome so much to Touch by Prayer. I am super, super excited to, to share this, this, um, your, your testimony, because I think there's a lot of people who are so afraid to dive into everything that God has. Absolutely. So why don't you kind of go back a little bit and let's kind of talk about like what you've been dealing with and, and you can just kind of fill us in from there. Sure. Um, well, you know, probably, uh, I talked a little bit about my, my testimony where I came from the last time I was on your show. And, mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that, you know, I never really talked about too much is that once I quit using drugs, um, uh, I used to be, I, you know, I'm six, five. Uh, I'm a, I'm a really big guy. I've always been a big guy, but I was, I was pretty in shape when I was, um, out in the world doing the things I was doing. Um, but when I quit using drugs, I blew up like a balloon and, um, I had some medical conditions that came up where I had permanently damaged my, um, uh, my system and, and, uh, uh, just how it worked and functioned and how it burns fat and, and different things. And it was just so accustomed to being um, uh, uh, on drugs to, to run normally. And so anyway, I, I gained a substantial amount of weight over the years um, to the point of being really, really unhealthy. And um, in 2014, early in 2014, February, matter of fact, 2014, I slipped on the ice and twisted my knee. And when it happened, it was just like an ongoing problem. Um, I was so big that my knee couldn't heal properly. And so from basically 14 all the way through, um, what is that? I guess so January. Uh, early January, I had been on a cane, using a cane, and 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 really, honestly, um, hadn't moved much. You know, basically had became kind of uh, just stuck in the house. You know, mm-hmm. um, some serious mobility problems. Yeah, I would go to church. Basically, I just go to church, I'd teach, and then I'd come home. And uh, January, I was just like. Yeah, I, I had been on a, some diets and some different things, changed the way I was living and trying trying to do something. I had went I'm eating all organic food and, you know, changed the portion sizes and all these different things. And so January, I just decided, you know what? I'm putting this cane down. I don't want it. I don't want it in my life anymore. I'm 
tired of looking at it. I'm tired of needing it. And I sat it down and I left the house and I haven't picked it back up since. I don't even know where the cane is. And, and now I'm like right at a month, I think, maybe a little bit more um, without it. And I, I'm seeing people and, you know, when I'm out and they're like, wait a second, where's your cane? You're not even walking with a limp, you know? And uh, it's just amazing that it was just a mindset. I said, you know what? I'm not using this thing anymore. I framed up the miracle and I stepped into it. And I just had the faith that God was going to do it. And he did it. Well, just for those who don't know, Pastor Derek was, when he was saying he was involved in drugs, you actually died twice, correct? Twice, yeah. Okay. And the second time he died... He, he said to Jesus, because he saw Jesus the second time you died, and he, you actually said to Jesus, if you heal me, if you bring me back, I will serve you all the days of my life. And that's when you quit drugs, you, you quit everything, and you right. gave your life fully to Christ. Correct. Okay. So part of, um, I guess it would be some of the repercussions from possibly dying could be that there were, there were some things that were, were damaged, Correct. And that could be part of some of um, the stuff that you've kind of been going through. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I think, you know, I, obviously there were some, some real physical conditions uh, that, that have happened, but uh, I think mostly there, they were whispers and, and um, lies of the enemy yeah. that said I, that I can't do it. And I, it's, it's a shame it took me that long to get, you know, to be like, wait a second, you know, I don't need this cane. I don't need it. You know? And, and there's been a couple of times along the way where, where, you know, I, I felt something, you know, whisper in my ear saying, you know, you probably ought to grab your cane. Uh, for the first several days, actually, the, the, the story, actually for the first couple of days, um, I would call my daughter and say, Hey, bring that cane up, put it in the backseat of the car. Cause I might need it when I'm out. And uh, after after the first couple of days, I was I was just like, no, I'm not even taking it with me, and and it, that's now I don't even have a clue where the thing is. So I, I think mostly it was just a lie of the enemy. Yeah, yeah, I, and and that's one of the things that sometimes we can get ourselves into a mindset that it just you know uh, what's her name Dodie Osteen. She's she's uh, I always use her testimony because when she was diagnosed, they said she had six months to live, but her family prayed over her and she believed she got healed. But it took a while for the manifestation of the healing to actually present itself. She was healed the minute that she prayed, the minute that she received it, she was healed, but she had to walk it out. And she said that she would actually hear whispers of the enemy saying, you should tell them to bury you in the pink dress. Like, these are the things that she would have to combat. And she would say, oh, no, you devil. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah. you know, and she would start speaking the scripture. But what I what I really think that's so raw and honest with you is that, you know, you're a pastor. You lead a church, and yet you you still have a vulnerability because you're, you're human. And I think that's what's so beautiful about you and how you actually speak to people is you, you speak from such a place of, I am no better than you. <laughs> I yeah, just, and I'm, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out, you know, <laughs> right. and, and you I know, have we, to go through my stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We, we had just talked about this, just, um, it really was kind of, um, how it played out was I had just went through about a six week. I, I've, I have, I've had, uh, chronic depression my whole life. Um, but through God, I've learned how to deal with it. 
I've learned how to get freedom from it. And when it creeps up on me, I know how to destroy it, you know, with it, with, with, with God. And so it's something I haven't dealt with in years and something happened, um, previous to this, uh, me setting the cane down was I had went through about six weeks of, of this chronic depression that I hadn't dealt with in years. And I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. And it was so bad, Lisa, that the depression was so bad that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would Google how to commit suicide. No. What's the best way to kill myself? You know, uh, you know, what's the easiest way? I would, I would, I would Google these things. And then, and then it, it was like, God would touch me and be like, what are you doing? And I'd snap out of it. I'd be like, no, he's not going to beat me. He's not going to win. I became so depressed from just, from not being able to, to, to function. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew, I knew what I was called to do. I knew where I was called to be. You know, uh, last year I turned down two crusades to Pakistan. Um, I had these guys organized uh, from some friends of mine from New York, organized these two crusades, 30,000 people plus at the crusade. And I had to turn it down. I had to, I had to back out of it at the last minute because I couldn't walk. I was like, how am I going to go to Pakistan and preach? And I can't even, I can't walk. I can't pray for anybody. I can't do this. You know, and so I just become so depressed and and um, just so lost and 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 just kind of lonely in my own bubble here, you know. And and uh, I just wanted it over with. And and uh, you know, but God would would reach down, touch me in the middle of the night, and say, "Look, I'm not done with you yet. Quit listening to the enemy. Quit listening." To... And and it started to break. And let me tell you that this is a testimony itself. It started to break when I started to confess it. I had a couple of friends of mine uh, actually. There are people in my church, uh, members of the church, that were over here during the day. And one of them had, had asked me a question about something he was dealing with. And before I knew it, it had came out of my mouth that I had been dealing with, with depression. And because I had confessed um, that to a brother, it started to break. And then later that night, I was with Dr. Reedy, a guy in our apostolic uh, uh, team at the church, I confessed it even more to him. And so over about a week, I confessed this. I, I asked for forgiveness. I asked for healing over that. And that depression completely broke off, completely broke off. It was like it was never there. And that's when I had the courage to set that cane down and say, I'm done. And see, now that, now what I'm, these are the couple of things that are like going through my mind as you're telling this story. First of all, that you were in that place that so many people have been in. I mean, Robin Williams, for instance, like right. he got to that place, but he didn't have Jesus. Right. But I do right. believe he is with Jesus. So just for the record, I'll go on the record saying that I believe he's in heaven. I believe that Jesus is much bigger than depression and he can come in and at, at any given second and he can give somebody salvation. So sure. sorry, <laughs> I had to share that. But what, um, what I think is, is going to be so powerful going forward is that, you know, you walked it. So guess what? You're going to help people walk out of it. Absolutely. Because now yeah, you understand we it. We teach that. We teach that at, at, you know, at our church that the things that you've found deliverance from, you now have the authority to bring other people through. That's right. That's right. So, and like, look at all these things, but the, the depression, because people are, depression is such a huge thing. And the Lord has just been really talking to me about love. And it's very interesting that you said the bubble because the Lord has been really talking to me. I was just with a bunch of 
of believers. And we, we actually went to, to see, um, Sid Roth to go see a friend of the show, praying medic who, who made his debut. They unmasked praying medic, although nobody can see him until it airs, (laughs) but we were all like fellowshipping brothers and sisters. And we were in like a love bubble. That's what it felt like. It was like a huge love bubble with just this, this, this love that was just pouring out from it, from each of us into each other. And it was so beautiful, but it's interesting that you said you were in your own bubble of depression. Right. You were in your own bubble. And I, I think that's the, the whole thing is that we, we kind of have to break out of a bubble and always, and be with people who can pour into us where we can kind of pour out our stuff and, and, and be poured into. Sure. I agree with that. So now let me ask you a question. So once you, you confessed, which is another thing that like not a lot of people talk about confessing because they feel like, well, Jesus died on the cross for all my sins. And so therefore I'm good. (laughs) But, but the Holy spirit convicts us. Like, it's not something that we should convict each other, but the Holy spirit will convict you and be like, okay, you need to kind of get out of this and you need to close that door. So being a, um, being a pastor of this church and going to someone in your church and having to confess that, I mean, that brings a whole humbleness and vulnerability that you, sure. well, you exposed you know, yourself. It absolutely, it absolutely does. That, that's again, that's one of our, um, you know, it's just one of the traits of, of our, of our church is, um, being transparent with each other. And, and I really believe, you know, James, you know, five sixteen, you know, confessing, you know, sins one to another, um, you know, when you do that, number one, as a leader, number one, you're saying, look, I deal with the same, same type of things you deal with, uh, and there's a way out of it. It's, you know, through Jesus. Um, number two, it, it puts you in a position to be held accountable over those things too. And, and as a leader, I need to be held accountable in, even to a higher standard. Um, you know, I need people saying, well, how, how, how are you doing with that? You know, how's that going? And, and especially when you're dealing with things like depression, because if you don't, if you don't have that under control, that's, that could be a bad deal. And you end up, then you do end up with a Robin Williams situation. You know, um, if there would have been people in his life that was inside of his bubble that he would let inside, inside that bubble, you know, chances are it wouldn't happen. You know, people would have been holding, you know, holding him or, you know, accountable and, say, how are you doing and how can I help and, and different things like that. But, you know, depression is so, it's such a sinister sickness, you know, because it, it wants you to isolate yourself, you know? So it's, it's particularly hard to do, but, um, you know, the transparency really helps. Well, and I think that what you just said about how it wants to isolate itself. I mean, if you think about it, if you, if you stepped away from society Okay, let, let's go back to Tom Hanks, um, or, or not go back, let's go to Tom Hanks on where he was on that island, and he had nobody to talk to, so he took the volleyball to have right. conversation. Because if you don't have somebody to interact with, it's, it's depressing, but it, it also can make you a little crazy. And you can yep. start to believe the thoughts in your head are your own. 
But that's one of the tricks that the enemy does is he will try to isolate you or I'm saying like people who are are dealing with stuff, whatever the stuff is, it doesn't just have to be depression. I mean, it it could be any type of, of thing. It could be anger. It can be insecurities, whatever, but it will try to isolate you away from brothers and sisters who can pull you out of it. So not only, not only isolate you from brothers and sisters, but also isolate you from the Holy Spirit and your, your, your personal time in your prayer closet, um, your intimate time with him. Because if you don't know, if, if you're not spending that intimate time with him, then you don't know his voice, so you can't tell him whose voice anymore that you're hearing. That's And that's such a beautiful point to make, because as we start, you know, it says that as you start to spend time with God, that you're, and reading the word of God, that it starts to change your, the way that you think. It changes how you think because the word of God is alive. So if you stop because of depression, you stop reading the word of God or you stop listening to the word of God, you only have your thoughts. And as Joyce Myers will say, that's stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. Right? So, so, so after you did this, this confession, you must've felt like, like you must've just felt so much better. Yeah, you know, I can actually tell pretty much immediately after I made the first confession mm-hmm. um, that something was different. Um, and it that gave me the courage to, to take it a step further and talk about it deeper. Um, and, I, I mean, it was just a matter of a couple of days, and the whole thing broke. Right. You know, it, the whole thing broke. As a matter of fact, I laid I, – I, I was going to go through inner healing and deliverance. You know, I thought, well, maybe I should just go through some inner healing and see what's in there and, and different things. And because we, we do a lot of inner, inner healing deliverance at our church, it's something we do. Right. Can you kind got, of explain uh, that just a little bit for anybody who doesn't know what inner healing and deliverance sure. is? Well, you know, inner healing, deliver- I mean, deliverance is obviously it's getting delivered from anything that's in your life, whether it's demonic or whether it's just, uh, you know, just junk in the closet that you need to get rid of. Inner healing is what we take people through to kind of get a grid for what it is. It's, it's kind of where you find the root of what the problems are. And so, um, people that are, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, spiritually tormented or, or just depressed or just all these different things. Um, you know, they have a root that happened someplace, whether it's, you know, parent issues, whether it's things they've done when they were young, uh, whether it's doorways that they open to the demonic in some way, um, you know, there's all kinds of different doorways and paths that we open up or, you know, generational curses, things that have happened, you know, generations ago that, that hang on and kind of come up through the, through the generational lines. So, you know, w- what we do is we, we take people through, inter- I think we've done probably with Dr. Reedy and myself combined, we've probably done a few thousand interhealing deliverance services, you know, and, um, Every once in a while, we'll go through them as leaders just to make sure that we don't have any junk there, you know. And right. so I was, I was going to go through one just to say, hey, you know, I just, I need to get whatever this is, I need to get it cleaned up. And I didn't even make it to the inner healing deliverance service. I was in the middle of the night. I was laying in my bed, and it, if so much of it had broke just from the confession that I just laid in my bed and just confessed and cast things out and and repented and you know just you know, laid, laid siege to my own spirit, you know, saying, look, this belongs to Christ, doesn't belong to you. And, and, uh, so that next morning I got up, it was, it was just completely gone. 
And, and that's, see, that's the nice thing about it is that there's nothing that's too big for Jesus. There's just right. nothing that's too big for Jesus. And so as, as we humble ourselves, as we ask the Lord to minister to us, or we confess our you know, confess whatever we're going through and we can have somebody who can help us go through it or, or go through a deliverance or an inner healing, like Jesus doesn't want us to, to have this stuff and to carry this stuff. He wants us to be free. That's the reason that he came. And I, I just think it's, it's so beautiful how it, it was so quick. Because it really, it, it really didn't have I, what, what I'm feeling in my spirit. It really didn't have any like legality to be there. I feel like it just, it snuck in. Do you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, once you, you caught it, you're like, oh, wait, oh, you got to go. <laughs> you know, and it's what I call a blind spot. You know, sometimes we have blind spots that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's what we have our brothers and sisters around for, you know, mm-hmm. to help us with those. And, uh, but because of my immobility, I had kind of cut a lot of relationships. I didn't, not, not intentionally, I didn't intentionally cut those people out of my life. It was just, I wasn't able to get out and be around people as much as I had been previously in. And um, so I didn't have this, you know, I just didn't have the, the freedom uh, to do those things. And, uh, you know, I think that they, each one, they, they, the immobility and the depression went hand in hand. And when the depression broke, um, the immobility didn't have any, any room to stay. Right. And I, and you know, the whole thing is that sometimes if there is unforgiveness or there is something, it does, it can stay longer. That's, that's the other thing too. So as we confess, then we're like, listen, you don't have any more legal, legal, it, you know, um, ability to stay now you have to go and 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 it and it's kind of going back to now you're going to tell it to go because now there's nothing to keep it there and once we speak it once we say it 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 has to go it just has to go as long as we break those things those ties absolutely so now let me ask you a question you started to say that god's already been dealing with you about like how you eat because he's been dealing with me he's like okay no processed food and no sugar okay the process (laughs) we're having a hard time with this you know he (laughs) he told me this like a year and a half ago i still kind of struggle with it it's kind of hard because you know having a chocolate chip cookie every now and then is pretty darn nice so and, and so but but this is not something that he's just speaking to me because I start to, t- I talk to other people and they're like, Oh, I don't eat that anymore. Oh, I don't eat oh, that yeah. anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Because they said, yeah, God told me I just really can't do that. And so I believe that he's trying to get his, his temples in order. Yeah. He said, a matter of fact, I, I called this operation temple sleep <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, I actually started about, Oh, probably about nine months ago, uh, my wife and I went. Compl- we're eating completely organic. Uh, well, you know, as organic as we can, you know, it's sure. probably, so probably like ninety percent organic. Uh, cut the majority, probably ninety five percent of sugars out. Uh, you know, I've never been like a real big soda drinker anyway, so it's either flavored water or you know tea or something like that. Um, and and just changing how much we eat. and one of the things I noticed is when you eat organic, you don't eat as much food either because it doesn't have the preservatives and the additives to make you want to eat more. Uh, so you don't eat as much. 
And so just with those and, and I've been doing, um, I've been doing, uh, this, this yoga and I know some Christians get freaked out about yoga, but this isn't like, it's not like spiritual yoga. It's just, it's just, you know, just exercise type yoga and, um, and lifting weights every day. And I've lost over 60 pounds now. And some people don't think that's a lot, but that was a lot to me. That's a, you know? that's huge. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, and we're still going, you know, I mean, obviously I've got a long ways to go, but but God specifically told me, um, that it was time to, to get this, you know, to get in shape. And it's like, how am I, you know, I, I know what the prophecies over my life are and I, and I received those, but I mean, right now, you know, the way it has been, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the, the steps to death, you know, with my, with my health and, I'm looking across the river at where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is the prophecy that's been spoken over me, but I'm like, got my hand on the doorway, you know, on the door handle to death. And so it's like, look, I got to get right. I got to, you know, it's not just, even though it's a health issue, it's a spiritual issue for me because who God had made me to be has to be healthy to do it, you know? And so it's just like, we just put our foot down. My wife and I said, look, we're, we're not going to live this way anymore. We're going to, we're going to be who God has told us we are. And, and so part of that is getting healthy. And, and so that's what we're doing. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you do see some pastors who definitely have, um, they, they, they could definitely take better care of their temples. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to be right. judging, <laughs> but because, you know, this is something, how are you going to be able to do these things if you're not able to take care of yourself? So th- those are some of the things I think that the Lord is really dealing with. And it's funny because that has been, that has been spoken. Like the Lord told, talked to me about it. And he, uh, he just gave me, he gave me a personal trainer. Like, seriously, come on now. And somebody who hated exercise, I hated exercise, but I do, I do go and I exercise and I'm starting to think about what I eat. And I'm trying to think about how, how everything is. And, 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 and even like, like facials, like seriously, like you wouldn't think like God's going to give you facials, but <laughs> he, he gave me somebody who, who, who blesses me with facials. And Amen. she is, she is taking off years off of my life, like years off of my life when she gives me a facial and I, and I felt guilty about it. And the Lord said to me, he said, no, no, no. As she blesses you, I bless her. And so I, I think that sometimes when people come aboard and they help us to, to do everything that God has called us to do, that there's a blessing in that for them as well. Cause God is such a, he's such a good daddy that he always pays for the services. That's what I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I've been doing for, for a while now too, is, um, is I do this meal replacement shake from in front of the morning, you know, where I don't eat normal food. I just eat, drink this shake. And this stuff is kind of expensive, you know, it's like, well, God, you know, I don't, I don't think I can really afford to do this. And God's like, look, I, I own the cattle on a, on every That's hill right. in, in the world, you know? And so this guy that has, he, I don't even really know him. He, he knows me from Facebook primarily um, he sends me a package of this stuff every single month. It's like a hundred dollars for this box. He sends me of different, st- different things. And he has sent it to me with no, no strings attached. He's like, look, I just want to see you get healthy. Yep. You know, and that's how God is. You know, I've even told the guys like, look, don't stop sending me this. I feel bad. 
and he still he still sends it to me. Yep. You know, yep. And um, it's amazing, you know, and the stuff works. You know, it helps yep. me. So you know, God is good. And that and that's the whole thing. It's like you know, we. I, I think that, you know, sometimes we struggle, especially if, if you are constantly pouring into others and you're, you're giving up yourself, it's hard to receive. But, you know, a very good friend of mine, actually one of my spiritual sons, he said to me, he said, Lisa, it's extremely important for you to be able to receive. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to receive this. I'm going to try to receive that. And, but it's hard. It's really hard. But that's a part of humbleness. That's part of humbling yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I and, agree. And so so this person has been blessing you, but oh my gosh, Derek, this person is going to be so blessed because he is blessing you because he's helping to get your temple in order. I, and I have to tell you, Project Temple Sweep, I think that needs to be a book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get a little further down the road with this first. Then. <laughs> I, I really do. I really, because I can actually see, I can actually see that as a book because I think a lot of people need it. Oh, yeah. Because absolutely. they don't know how. They just don't know, you know, how, you know, because you didn't just wake up one day and go, oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, this is, it wasn't like one day you went to sleep and then you wake up the next day and there's like, you know, you have all this stuff. This is something that's been gradually building. And so that's something that, that God is like trying to, to walk us through because, you know, and when did you have this like major breakthroughs? Was it just like in December? Um, for like when the Lord is speaking to me about my health? No, Mm -mm. no. When the depression lifted. Oh, um, it was, yeah, like the end of, uh, the end of December and then it was like the first week of, uh, the first week of January that I put the cane down and, um, you know, one of the guys that I've been, there's a guy named John Evans who, um, lives in South Carolina, I think Reedville or something like that. This guy weighed more than I, more than I weighed in the beginning, and he has now lost like 200 and some pounds. Whoa, that's amazing. And, and you know, and so that's one of the things I, I've been doing is I, I've been, I've been feeding myself with these people that are doing it, you yep. know, um, watching them. And, and this guy, man, John, his name is John Evans in Greenville, South Carolina. He is an inspiration. I mean, I watch this guy, I'm watching him. He's doing a CrossFit training like jumping up on blocks and flipping tires and all this different thing. And I'm like, and, and so I'm thinking man, if he can do it, I can do it. That's right. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yep. You know? And, and that's the thing is like, look, we can do it. We can do it because yeah, this guy's a Christian, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, and he'll tell you like Christ, you know, it's Christ in us. We can do it. We can do it all. Hey, let me tell you, when I work out and it's getting tough, I pray in tongues just to get through the workout. I, I got to. <laughs> <laughs> when I pass the, the ice cream department at the store, yeah. I got to pray in tongues. Yeah. It's like <laughs> somebody, I was out, I was working out just on Monday and the girls looked over at me and they go, oh, look, she's praying. I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just to get through it. But see, but that, but it's, I think that that in itself too, sometimes that when people can say, look, that person is praying to get through it, you know, where does our hope, you know, lie in our hope lies in the Lord. 
Where do we stand? We stand on the promises of God, you know, and it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, you know, and and I, I absolutely can, can identify with some of the stuff that you talk to because that depression, uh, you know, it's probably a generational thing because it's definitely been in my family for, for quite a long time. And there were times that I could actually hear, you know, you would be so much better in heaven and you would have to fight so much. And it would just, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. One of the things the enemy kept whispering to me was that, you know, I've got a, I've got a seven year old son Uh and, uh, and then two daughters, uh, 17 and almost 18. And, uh, I just kept hearing that, you know, they'd be better off without you. You know, it's like, because we would go someplace and, or, 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 or a perfect example would, would be like, I was so immobile that they would, uh, we would determine on the different places we would go on um, whether or not, uh, what, what kind of world I have to, I'd have to walk in it, you know, what kind of seating do they have? Right. Is it something, you know, just, you know, they couldn't do the things that they deserve to be able to do. Um, and so I, it, in my mind, the enemy saying, they just be better off without you. Wow. And, um, and that, you know, that, that is how subtle he is. Yeah. He's, he doesn't ever say, Hey, listen, I'm going to just destroy you and kill you. So I'm going to say everything that's going to make you want to just end your life. No, no, no. He's going to use rationality. He's going to use our fears. He's going to use our thoughts. He's going to use the things that other people have thought at some point just to come against us, to make us say, yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. You know, and that's, that's why you have to stay fixed and focused on, on the word, you know, and one of the, one of the things that the Lord showed me once is he showed me that I was actually walking out on the water and I was holding Jesus's hand, but I couldn't see Jesus. I just could, I just knew that's who I was walking with. I was walking with Jesus. I was walking on the water and the Lord. And I could actually see in this vision, I could see my eyes and they were up to heaven and I had a huge smile on my face. And the Lord said, Lisa, as long as you continue looking towards me, you will be able to walk wherever you want to. Amen. Because there is, see, it's when we, that's why Peter fell. That's why he sunk. He took his eyes off of Jesus and looked down at the waves. And and this was like in the, this was, gosh, this was so long ago, but, and it was while I was driving. So I was a little freaked out because I'm like, did I drive? I hope I don't drive off the road, you know, but it's, it's so important because, you know, he always wants us to stay fixed and focused on him, not to look at, at what's going around us because he has us in a bubble and, right. and he has this protection around us. It's when we, we actually stray, when we start to look, we walk out, we walk away from his protection. We don't even know it. And if you think about like, like little kids, you know how like sometimes you'll walk with a little kid and then all of a sudden, like they let go of your hand and you see, they're still walking with you. And then like within two seconds, they're like, where'd they go? Right. <laughs> they, exactly right. they just zipped. Where the heck? <laughs> you know, yep. Yep. that's us. That's absolutely us. And we just, something will catch our eye just like a kid and we go running after it. And before you know, we're like, oh, no, we've just lost our daddy. And then we have to come and try to and, and find him. And I, I just think that it's it, it's so important. It's so important just to to talk to people, to share with people, you know, for you to go to speak to speak to pastors or or, or to elders or at least somebody who you trust, because 
they, even if they don't have the answers, they can at least pray for you. Because I, I, I will say this, that one of the things that you did write on Facebook without giving too much information is you would say, I need prayers. That was it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so there were a bunch of people, including myself, who would start praying for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That, that was one of the interesting things is that I did. I did receive, you know, I have an overwhelming sometimes uh, network of people in social media. I, you know. It's just amazing sometimes I'll, you know, I just give health updates and different things like that through this process and hundreds and hundreds of people respond. I get emails, I get, you know, Facebook messages, I get Facebook comments and likes and all these different things, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. You know, it's like, you know, people will, will support you, you know, Christians will, will support you if you, you just got to be able to reach out. That's it. And so even if you're just going through something, put it on Facebook. I mean, I'm not saying that every single person that prays for you is going to pray the right prayer. But guess what? God puts people's on their hearts. Like there are times that I can, I actually prayed for people that I don't know because as soon as I read the post, I felt compelled to pray. Right. And, and you don't have to know the person. You just, there's something in your spirit that says, pray for that person. And so you, that's, and, and that's how daddy starts to work because there, there is something that happens in that prayer, in that spiritual realm that starts to come into the physical realm, into the, into the earthly realm. Absolutely. And so all these prayers that were going out for you. Because I, I, I definitely, I saw some of the stuff that was being posted. I read some of the stuff that was being posted. A lot of the stuff I was like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, yep, that, I just prayed for that. Yep. Oh, I just prayed for that. Yep. That's true too. So there's a, and there's also that confirmation that comes through that as you start to read people saying, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Or I prayed for this and I prayed for that. And you start to get that confirmation. Something inside you starts to, to well up. Now I have to ask you, how did your wife deal with all this? Because I don't want to just kind of talk about this because when somebody's in depression, the spouse is like trying to figure She must've been on her knees, her face. And she must've been like all, she must've been all over the place praying in every direction. Definitely. I, I want to answer that question, but I, w- I want to make a comment before I forget. Sure. Um, about it, over the past few years, I've been noticing um, a, a, an increase in the number of pastors and leaders that have been committing suicide. Yes. And um, for whatever reason, some of it's depression, some of it's, you know, they got caught in infidelity and different things like that, which I think is brought on by depression mm-hmm. uh, of some sort. I, I want to stress how important it is for you to be praying for your leader, you know, for the people that are leaders in your life, because even though we come from a society, a, a culture in Christianity where the leaders kind of keep it together, you know, in the public eye or, you know, in the eye of the church, you know, where, where they don't go through things. Trust me when I'm telling you they're going through stuff. Absolutely. More stuff than you yeah. actually know. Yeah. Yeah. More than people will ever realize. And not only are they going through stuff, but they're also, they have the weight of what their anointing is. It's on them, which comes with a higher level of, of spiritual warfare mm-hmm. than what most people can even imagine. So not only are they going through the normal stuff that people go through, 
but they also have the weight of the spiritual warfare that's associated with their anointing that's that's on top of them too. It's such an important thing for you to be praying for your leaders. Uh, you know, not only just your not only your your church leaders, but you know, I would even say your government leaders too. Yeah. You know, you need to be praying for 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 people. Um, now, as far as my wife goes, um, my <laughs> my wife's a trooper, man. I, she has walked through. You know, uh, we just had um, I think her tenth or eleventh year. I'll, I'll be in trouble now, especially on the radio. Um, 10th or 11 year anniversary. And she has just walked through so much with me, you know, and, and, um, she knows that, that at times, you know, I, I have went through depression, but she had not ever seen me this bad. And, uh, but it was kind of to a place where I was like, I mean, I definitely didn't want to hear her talk to me about it. You know, that's how depression is. You, you cut out the people that are closest to you, you know? So, my wife, I just kind of built up a wall, you know, it's kind of like she was even on the other side of the bed with a wall in between us, you know, I just didn't want to talk to her. And so she, she just prayed, you know, she just prayed and, um, you know, spent a lot of time with God over it and, and uh, uh, was just really ecstatic when I came out of it. You know, she's just really happy that I came on the other side. Because um, there was a couple of times within there, I just told her that I don't want to be alive anymore. And um, that was really, you know, hard for her here. Yeah, I- I'm sure it was. I mean, how how do you respond to something like that? You right. know, you, you try to laugh it off, but then on the inside, you're like, wait, is that true? Is that serious? And, you know, where do we go from that? You know, and logic isn't going to make sense. It's definitely something that you you can't you, you can't try to convince something to somebody who's not listening. Yeah, so true. And so that's the biggest problem is, you know, there are so many people who try to to talk to somebody who has some sort of a, I guess, a mental illness and it, and it could be addiction. But yeah. if they're not listening, you can't talk to them. So right. therefore, you can pray for them. Yeah, that's right. Because it didn't matter what, what she said to me. I didn't want to hear it. Right. And I wasn't going to hear it. I wasn't in a place you know, spiritually or mentally to, to respond to anything she had to say, you know, I just didn't want to hear it, you know? And, um, you know, I mean, it's amazing that you can walk six months. I, I mean, six months is not, it doesn't seem like a lot, or I'm sorry, six weeks. doesn't seem like a long time to walk through a depression. Cause I know some people go through it much longer and, and they, they deal with this stuff even probably in a much deeper level than I did. The six weeks seemed like forever. Well, it just seemed like an eternity to walk through this thing. And I remember I'd be like, I'd be like praying, Lord, please, please let Dr. Reedy want to preach this week. Cause I was like, I don't want to get up behind the pulpit and preach like this, you know? Well, you probably, you probably felt like you were a fraud. Yeah. You know, it's like, what, you know, what, what am I going to get up there and preach about? You know, what am I going to do? And luckily, the days that I did, have to preach, you know, within that six week time frame, roughly. Um, it was really weird because su- Sundays it would lift. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would not, I wouldn't feel it. I wouldn't feel it like that. And it was like, but as soon as I was done uh, preaching, and as soon as you know, it was kind of time to pack up and go home. Here it was again. 
Wow. You know, like it was waiting for me. So it's kind of kind of strange how that works. Well, that's how you kind of know that it's more of a spiritual thing than it is a chemical imbalance. Or do you, you see what I'm saying? Like that, that should be the first clue. But when you're walking in it, and if you don't understand things of a spiritual nature, you wouldn't understand that. You would think, oh, well, I was just happy for a little bit. Okay, now it's back. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but, but the fact that, you know, when, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it can't stay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, and it's so weird to even, to, I mean, I knew, I mean, I knew what was going on. I mean, I knew what was going on, but at the same time, it was like, I don't know. There was almost like a, I, you know, it's Lisa, it was almost like a mentality where the enemy had convinced me that because of the, the physical condition that I was in, that I deserved Oof. the mental and spiritual condition that I was in. Mm. If that makes any sense. And, but it was, you know, by the time, you know, when I started to confess that, I knew it was a lie. I knew it was a lie. And at one point I was just like, how could I even have believed that? I'm the son of the, I'm the son of the king. Yeah. You know, I know who I am. This is ridiculous. When I laid in the bed that night and I just started denouncing these things, I was just like, my daddy's a king. I deserve better than this. This is not who I am. I know who my identity is. I'm the son of God. You know, that's not who, you know, greater is he that's in me than is in this depression. And I just started proclaiming those things over my life, you know, who I really was, the sonship of God. And, and all those things just lifted. Wow. And, you know, there's, um, there was something that I think that what we started to talk about earlier, that as we walk through different things that God is going to, as we come out of them, God is going to bring people into our lives who have, are dealing with it so that we can help them get through because, because daddy's going to help everybody get through, but it's just that some people don't want help. That's the biggest problem. Right. And so I, I just have to say that there, are, I, I, I feel extremely excited how you are going to smash depression in its head, because that's what I keep seeing is your foot going <laughs> and crushing depression, because I feel that now is Kansas City considered a depressed area. You know, it's, it, it is kind of a suppressed area. There's a lot of, um, uh, like for a long time, I don't know where it rates right now, but it was a very, uh, it was in the top, um, five, uh, crime cities in the United States. Mm. Uh, I don't know where it is right now, but also at the same time though, Kansas city is like one of the most prophetic and, um, uh, like prophetically promised cities in the United States as well, which makes sense that, the enemy would be coming against it so much. Right. And, and, and also your calling. I mean, you know, the enemy tried to take you out twice. <laughs> right. Do you know what well, I mean? Way, way, way more than that, but okay. I just have to lay on the bed twice. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, he's been trying to take, he's been trying to take what God is trying to do and he can't, he can't. Because Absolutely. this is, and, and th- in this season, this is, the, this is the season that it's going to be like, rise and shine, let's go kick the devil's butt. Because I, I don't know if it was you, Derek, who had, um, who put on their shirt, uh, um, I am a pastor, uh, because um, 
a foot stomping devil ninja killing warrior is just too long or something like that. Did you ever? Yeah, somebody had tagged me on it and posted it on my on my Facebook. I saw that. I thought that's hilarious. It's hysterical because seriously, that's what you do. Like the, you know, d- drugs. You 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 have the authority to get rid of people who are have drug addiction. How many people have you like prayed with who have have given up drugs? Oh, so many. Yeah, you know, we've had we've had people leave you know ounces of of cocaine at the at the altar and. Just like, you know, there's lots of people. Well, I think that that's going to be the same thing. They're going to be, they're going to be leaving their, you know, what, what, what is it? Wellbutrin? Is that, is that right, the right, antidepressant? Right. So, yeah. You know, because that, that's, that's what I see. Because if he's, if he's come after you and there's, and, and God has brought you through it. Oh my goodness gracious. There's some, there's going to be some pretty happy families that you are oh, going yeah. to, to Absolutely. restore. Absolutely. And, you know, and since, you know, since, you know, the depression lifted and then, you know, major, you know, even more importantly to me was putting down the cane um, because I've been out like almost every single day. It's not like I just put down the cane and right. start walking around the house. I put down the cane and started getting out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, if I don't need the cane, then I can walk. Right. And so, you know, I'm off. I'm everywhere. I'm all over the place. I'm setting meetings with people, and we're going out to coffee and talking about the Lord, and, you know, and plans, and, you know, what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, God has brought some stuff that was spoke over us, you know, five years ago up, and we're getting ready right now. We're, you know, we're going through plans to, to actually – um, to buy a facility to have an actual regional uh, revival center here in Kansas City. With That's awesome. Eating of like you know seven hundred, eight hundred people, and and uh, with a with hotel dorm rooms for you know for people for our school. Just all this different stuff is just like within a month of just saying you know what I'm not going to live this life anymore. I'm going to be who God has called me to be, and and not just say it but live it. All of a sudden, everything starts to come to pass. It's like it's like the it's like the wheels started to turn, like you know the the motor started to rev, and it's just so good. Well, I think sometimes we just need a jump start. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes our battery is so depleted that you know we just need a really good jump start. Next thing you know, it's going to kick in. But what Absolutely. what's interesting is that also this past year, two thousand and fifteen, it was a big year of transition for you. You guys moved yeah. out of one building, you moved into another building. So you had to yeah. rebuild a church, which, and, and it was kind of quick how it happened. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're in a new building now and we already know we've already really outgrown the building we're in. Right. You know, so, so we know that before long, we're going to be even moving again. And, uh, not only that, but we, we physically moved our home. We bought a home. Yep. That was the next um, thing I was going to say. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so yeah, just been a lot of stuff happening, and 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 also a lot of just new opportunity. Yeah, we have speakers coming in from all over the United States, and and that's growing. Uh, you know, right now we're planning a big one with Todd Bentley. He's going to yep. be here in a few months, and just a lot of big stuff. Well, and that you know, now if you if you take a step back and you start to see how God is moving. And you can start to see that you're that there's a lot of change. There's just a oh, lot yeah. of change. Well, there's going to be some resistance. And sure. that's that when we'll go back to what you were saying, the importance of praying for pastors and praying for your leaders. Not even a pastor sometimes, just somebody who's leading you, somebody who sure. is helping you. 
Because there are some people who don't want to go to church, but yet you could still be helping them. You could still be praying for them. And I yeah, think it's so important. Yeah. And so if you can pray for your leaders and as you start to see things that are starting to shift, you start to see lots and lots of changes. I mean, they, they, they always say, and this is like a, you know, when there's a death in the family, you don't do anything for two years. You don't move. You don't do this. You don't do that. You know? So like everything has to like stop because it's just too much. But, but sometimes there's just stuff that happens and, and a death doesn't have to occur where there's just so much change. I mean, you guys moved into a new house, you moved into a new church, then you, you, you know, you had to deal with this depression thing. I mean, there was a lot of changes, but there were also some great victories too, because you had some incredible people who came last year, who did some incredible things. You've seen incredible moves of God because I I follow what you write on Facebook. I'm very in tune to, to your ministry. I, I, it's just something that I actually watch and, and I, I pray about, and I, I definitely see, I see the hand of God moving. But I'm sure that when you were in it, like you could, you probably forgot all about that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the way, you know, that's the way it always is. You know, we, we as Christians always forget about the victories when we're in the, we're, we're, when we're in the low spot, you know, it's hard for us to remember what the mountaintop looked like. That's right. Every, well, everybody wants to live at the mountaintop experience, but remember, yeah. you can't live in the mountains forever. You have to come back down to the valley so that that's you can right. pull more people back up to the mountain. That's right. Because That's it's exactly not fun right. just to be on the mountain by yourself. You have to go no. back down and bring the rest of the people up. That's right. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to get down into that nasty valley, which really stinks. Nobody likes to be there. But as you climb back up, as you start to um, ascend, you know, and you're bringing victory with you. Because if you think about it, every everything and every battle that you've been through, it's, it's you're just putting like another flag on your mountain. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and so you're like drug addiction, done. Depression, done. You know, getting a temple project, temple sweep, that's going to be completed too. Yeah, amen. (laughs) New building, done, right? And and so as you start to see these little these little flags and stuff. It's, it's your victories. It's God's victories and how he's moved. So let me just ask you, um, pastor, would you pray for those who are listening, who might be dealing with any type of a depression or any type of a hopelessness? Would you mind praying for them? Absolutely. I would love to. I would love to. Father, we just, we just come before you right now and we just lift up every listener out there that has any shred of depression in their life. And we just say depression, you have to go. You're not welcome. You don't have the authority to be there. Christ is in them. And we just demand that you lift right this second. Father, we also pray with anybody out there that has immobility issues. Father, we just ask you that you would allow them to frame up the miracle and step through it, that they don't need that cane. They don't need that crutch. They don't need that wheelchair, whatever it is, that you are greater than any disability out there, and that you can grow limbs and ligaments back, that you can grow flesh on the bone. Lord, we just believe that you are the greatest miracle worker in existence, and that not only can you work the miracles, but you desire to work the miracles in us. So, Father, we just speak to sound mind, sound spirit right now in Jesus' name, and we just ask you that you breathe your fire upon every single listener out there in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I just felt like there were some people 
who might be listening to this show, if not today, then maybe on a later broadcast, who are, that they're dealing with some of this, especially like, um, like you said, you talked about clarity and about a sound mind, because I feel that there's so much confusion right now in the body of Christ. There's a lot of confusion of, well, do do I really hear from God or is that really me? And I I truly believe that 2016 is going to be the year that that people are going to be like, oh my gosh, that really is God. You know, that this is going to be the year that that we really understand that God is speaking and he is talking. And I also think that this is going to be the year that depression gets that not so much that that there's a medical cure for it, but God starts to lift that depression that's been over his kids, because I think it's just there's been a lot of people who've really been struggling in this area. And it, and it's funny because you and I kind of talked about what we were going to talk about. I knew we needed to talk about the cane. We needed to talk about like stepping into your healing and just declaring your victories and stuff. But I had no idea that that the root was what that the depression that was there that was trying to I steal everything. I didn't intend on talking about it. It just kind of came out. <laughs> that, well, see, that's why I love that. I love that it's his show because, uh, you know, I probably, you know, th- that's like, it's something that's so, it's a very tender subject because there are a lot of people who will, will try to label it into something that's so much bigger than Jesus and nothing's bigger than Jesus, especially depression, right. you know, and there is there, I just believe that this, um, I, I just feel like this is going to be something that you are going to have such tremendous victories over. I really, really do. I, I just definitely feel that there is, and, and, and like I said, I felt like I was going to start giggling because like, oh boy, like, like I want to say I feel bad for the devil, but I really don't feel bad for the devil. But it's like, <laughs> you're going to be kicking some, some demonic butt on this. Yeah, I agree. You know? I love it. And I, and I just think that you need to, I just would love to have you back on as you continue to, to do Project Temple Sweep and all these victories, because I think that, and I also see that for your congregation too. I see that you're actually going to inspire a lot of people in your congregation to start taking better care of themselves. Because I think that as, you know, being the pastor, I think that you are, are such, they look so up to you as like a daddy. That right, as the right. father starts to do stuff, the kids start to do stuff. Amen. So I see the entire congregation actually becoming more fit. I can even see you guys doing like, I hate to say aerobic classes, but like CrossFit classes. Yeah, come on. We've like been talking in, about it already. Yeah. I, I see you guys doing CrossFit classes in your and, and it's gonna be like three times a week and it's gonna be for those who can't afford to go to a gym. That Amen. you're gonna get somebody who's gonna come and they're gonna teach those classes so that the congregation can get healthy. Because I think that it's something that is so it, it's almost so near and dear to you that you just you don't want anybody to to not be happy about their temple. Does that make sense? Amen. <laughs> so good. So I definitely think that this is this is going to be a great year for the way in KC. And I also think it's going to be a fantastic year for you. So do you have some traveling coming up? You know, um, we have, I'm supposed to be going to, to uh, Louisiana at some point to do a conference there. Okay. Uh, I also am supposed to be still going to Pakistan. So okay. it looks like maybe sometime late summer, okay. I'll be going to Pakistan. 
And then we, we have our supernatural school that starts this Thursday, gets done in June. And I think we're going to Juarez, Mexico with the, with the uh, supernatural school to do some ministry down there. So I've got a few things, not as much as I used to, but, but we do got a few things coming up. Okay. Now, if somebody wants to do the supernatural school, it's only, you can only go there in class, correct? You, it's not online yeah. yet. Yeah, it's only physical right now. Okay. I think, um, we're working on this big facility and once we get that, we're going to do something that's more, even more permanent, like more like two or three days a, or three or four days a week instead mm-hmm. of one day a week. And then at that point, we'll also probably do a online school. As yeah. Well. Cause I see an online school definitely coming because they're, well, the, the people that are, are coming to your church are, are going to want to help you to grow it, especially Todd Bentley. Sure. Todd's going to really, is going to really want to become a part of of right, what absolutely. what your vision is. So um, I don't know. Have have you met before? Are you like friends? Todd. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Todd. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. Love the guy. Yeah. Um, we went to went on some you know some other meetings with him. He's never been here, but okay. this will be the first time coming here. Wet. We've actually had him scheduled twice, and um. The first time he actually had to cancel because of the South Africa revival that broke out, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, go ahead and leave the the forty thousand a day Muslims that are coming to the Lord and come <laughs> speak at our church." Right, <laughs> you <know>? right. <laughs> you know, so it hadn't worked out before, but this time it's going to, and and we feel good about the meeting. We've we've rented a bigger facility for it, and it's going to be an awesome time. Yeah, and I I think the last video that I saw of him is is he was actually um, they videotaped him raising the dead, which was, yeah, that was very in, that cool. Was in Karachi, Pakistan. Yeah, and an uh, interesting thing was uh, the guy the guy who videoed it was a friend of mine too, named Jason Tax, and uh, he was the actual the one that was videoing the um, while it happened. Okay, um, so it's pretty pretty interesting. It was very very cool. You know, and now are you going to, are you going to videotape when Todd Bentley comes or? Yeah, we have, uh, we just, we just kind of brought on a team of videographers that are going to start videoing our, our events. Um, we just got done doing a few weeks of, uh, videos with them, just like some, uh, promotional stuff for the church, but they're going to start doing the events and, um, it, it should be, it should be pretty interesting. Uh, what's going to happen. I, I think we're going to get some really good video stuff. It's going to be an awesome time. I definitely, I can definitely see that. I actually see um, also some, some CDs coming. I see oh, yeah. some video yeah, CDs. So I think that there's, there's definitely, there's going to be lots of momentum from, from what has started this year. And I just see yeah. that, that from, from just barely walking to walking good to, to running at super fast pace is what you're going to see by the end of this year. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I see you running. (laughs) I see, I, I, I actually can see you running. So that's going to be cool. My wife and I have been talking about it. I said, you know, I, I really feel like, um, you know, I'm going to be able to run. Yeah. One of the things that broke my heart in a good way, kind of was my, my son was like, dad, you're going to be able to come out in the backyard and play football with me. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, yes. Yes, I am. In fact, I'm going to play such good football that you're going to have to run after your daddy to get the ball. (laughs) You know, I I had um, I posted on Facebook maybe yesterday or something. uh, You know, Sunday was the first time I 
preached standing up and walked, walking around in over two years. Wow. That's great. You know, I had been sitting on a stool behind a big, big desk thing. And, uh, Sunday I, I walked around. Um, I actually danced with my wife during worship service, you know, uh-huh. I haven't been able to do any of that in, in, you know, years. So it's, it's happening. That's awesome. And so I just want to encourage you guys, if you're listening to this and you guys, something is starting to stir in your spirit and you're like, you know what? It's time for me to do a Project Temple Sweep. I just encourage you to just start, even if it's just cutting back the sugar, even if it's just going to the gym once a week and then going to two times and then three times, start off small and watch how God is going to start to lead you. And I just believe that this is going to be the year that a lot of temples get back into order. Amen. That's going to be awesome. Well, Pastor Derek, thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful, beautiful testimony and and just for being so real and so honest. I, I just I just bless you and I just thank you so much. And we would love to have you, as I said, love for, for you to come back. And hey, maybe we can even have you and Todd call in and, and kind of get some, uh, you can tell us and share some stories that are happening over at the way. Oh, yeah. KC. Yeah. We'd be, we, we'd love to do it. That'd be great. That would be awesome. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, pastor dark, can you just give people your email address if they'd like to get in contact with you or if they, he also has some books. I didn't say that he's an author and he's published a bunch of great books. So if you would like to hear about his testimony, it is the from death to destiny is a very powerful book. It's actually I have a couple friends who just are like, oh my gosh, that book is incredible. So, <laughs> what is your uh, if you can just give yeah, your website? So, yeah, the email is Pastor Derek eight one six Derek is D E R I C K eight one six gmail dot com. Website is www.thewaykc.com. You know they can find me on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter. You know, uh, Instagram, you name it. I got it. They can find it all. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun, guys. I hope that you've been blessed. I hope that this is going to be your year that you just sweep your temple clean. And I just want you guys just to be encouraged by everything that we share. Thank you so much, Pastor Derek. Thank you guys for listening. Just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.